are listening to the Salty Witches Podcast. I'm your host tonight, Mike. I am joined by Vlad. Hello. And we have a very special guest with us tonight. We have Tabitha with us. So, Tabitha, can you tell our listeners a little bit about who you are? Well, I'm um, a reader here at the Cat and Cauldron. I am a professional astrologist. I'm also a director of an upcoming astrological program that I am, I am formatting. And that should be available within the next year. Excellent. All right. So kind of another way for people to learn. All yes. Right? Okay. All right. So real quick, and I think I've asked you this before, but I, I never remember. <sighs> well, you guys know me personally. You know, my, my memory is crap, but I can never remember. So which is technically the most proper, astrologer or astrologist? Because you hear both. It's actually both. Is it? So yes. either is okay? Either okay. or. <laughs> okay. I always worry, like, if I'm going to, you know, ask, you know, ask someone, like, are you an astrologist? And they're like, ah. How dare you? I'm an astrologer. You know, so I'm it's almost, the okay. same thing. Okay. All right. So, how long have you been? Um, how long have you been like working in, in this in this field? Like, how long have you been reading? And, and so, with I started with tarot readings, and that's been a good. I think it's going on about nine years okay. now. And then um, I've always been interested in astrology since I was a child, and I've learned here and there throughout the years. But then I had an opportunity to get a uh, certification diploma in in an uh, astrology program, and I and I graduated within three months, and it was supposed to be a year long course. Okay. Oh, so you so you really kind of took to this. Yes. Okay. Excellent. And I love it. Okay. Well, and I understand that astrology, because of the nature of what it is, um, like you're always learning. Like even yes. after, like even after you finished a, a formal training program, like you're still learning there's always more. I typically study from 8 to 12 hours a day when I am studying. Okay. And then I'm always reading and um, I have about seven or eight books. Okay. Chris Brennan is really good with Hellenistic Astrology. I'm reading that. I'm always looking at webinars. I'm always on YouTube. Okay. Just expanding my knowledge. Gotcha. Okay. Um, You mentioned Hellenistic Astrology. Yes. Okay, and so for our listeners, because, you know, we all hear astrology, right? Mm-hmm. But a lot of people are going to hear, what Hellenistic, what is that? So what, how would you explain Hellenistic astrology to somebody who just really doesn't know much about it at all? So Hellenistic astrology is when the outer planets don't, they do not include the outer planets. So oh. we don't have, um, it stops at Saturn. Okay. So Mars is more like our Uranus. Okay. And Saturn is more... Hellenistic is a little bit more harsh. (laughs) It's a little bit more, um, they can predict like death and things like that. And personally, I've not learned that yet, but I am learning that now. Okay. Okay. I I was just curious about that because, Mm -hmm. um, it seems to me like just, just, you know, my own, you know, just, just general knowledge of this, um, like almost every culture, Mm -hmm. like historically has had some type of astrology. Well, the first, um... Um, the first known astrological chart was uh, 100 BCE. Okay. And then I'm just going to take you on a little bit of history. There yeah. was a school in Alexandria okay. where there was nothing but schools for astrologers. Yeah. But then when Christ- Christianity came into play, they burned all yeah. of yeah, all yeah, of yeah, those artifacts. Of Alexandria were lost. And yeah. I, it said in that book, I believe it's like... 700 and it could be like 750,000 years okay. of just them studying the stars and the planets all was lost. I think you and I, we've talked before on the podcast, I think about how sad it was or um, not how sad it is, but how kind of shady and, and messed up it is. Because we hear, we hear stories about how like the Catholic Church has involved. Yes. Lock yes. away the things we they don't want other people <clears throat> yes. to know. And I think, I think it just always kind of occurred to me that how much more advanced would we be, just just humanity, if mm-hmm. you know we had situations where you know like the libraries of Alexandria hadn't been burned? They are said to have know. charts, ancient yeah. charts in the Vatican. Okay, yeah, it would not surprise me. Yeah, yep. I, I think I think you know I I mean I, I don't consider myself a conspiracy <laughs> theorist kind of personality, but um, but Catholic Church seems to be up to some shady stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think the Catholic Church what, <clears throat> what they did was just, you know. Um, Took away progress, yeah, and that was 
and, and, and just we were stagnant for years. Yeah. Well, it's like it was in their interest, I think, to keep humanity ignorant, right? Yes. Yeah, part of the part of their agenda. And so. also for no one else to have <coughs> answers but them. Yeah, yeah, That's exactly. why they ran or yeah. banished astrologers out because mm -hmm. they didn't want them to be able to have prophetic. Um, any type of prophecies that what's going to happen in the future and that's why um makes sense yeah that's why they test them out yeah it's interesting to note and this is um in no way do i want this to sound political in nature though it will um <laughs> but we talk so much about alexandria and it's occurred to me even just recently that there are a lot of people who don't really have any idea of what or where alexandria is and Alexandria, for those of you who are listening, was in Africa. Mm -hmm. Alexandria was located in Africa. Mm -hmm. And so I always thought that was kind of cool, particularly when I run into somebody who is, uh, who considers themselves a spiritual kind of person, but also has a little bit of that, I don't want to say racist kind of thing going on, but people who Righteousness. Are, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I guess, yeah. You know, it, it's it just, it, to me, this is another example of how once again, we see such important spiritual practice originating in uh, the cultures of you know, black indigenous people of color. You know, I mean, we, we probably wouldn't have what we have today in the form of astrology if we didn't have these stargazers that originated in Africa, right? Right. So it's, just, it's kind of a cool thing. So um, there's um, a lot of places where they said astrology originated, but nobody mm -hmm. can actually come to a decision. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. usually Mesopotamia, okay. Egypt, and... Um, Persia. Okay, yeah. So all places really though get yeah. kind of in and around yeah. that area of the world, right? Yeah. So I do. So I love that. So, so all y'all whiteies listening to the podcast, we, we we owe again. We once again we owe people of color a, a debt of, of gratitude for astrology. Not if you <coughs> and, and if you look and, and you look into history, the majority of indigenous people have a certain aspect mm -hmm. of astrology in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to apologize just really quickly for talk, saying whiteies to all of you who listen, because we love all of our listeners. And like I said, we're, we're, we're not trying to create a, an issue here. I just, I think it's kind of funny things like this because a lot of people are just so unaware of where so much of this stuff originates and how much we owe a lot of these things to communities and people of color. Anyway, so Tabitha, why do you feel that astrology continues to be such an important part of our spiritual practice. I mean, everybody, everybody, I don't mean just us personally in this room, I'm talking just in general, like everyone out there who is considering themselves some sort of spiritual person involves some element of astrology so in their when practice. It, when it comes to astrology, it's the oldest divination mm -hmm. ever. Yeah. Um, Astrology, a lot of people I'm hearing, oh, I don't understand that. That run, ruins our lives. That tells us um, we can't be our own person because mm -hmm. our planets are in this place. But people do not understand that this is like a map or a guideline of your life. And it gives you the potential. Like if you have Mars in your first house and then you have Aries, like if you're an Aries, you're going to have a lot of potential to make a lot of passionate decisions and do a lot of really good things in life. If you understand your chart better, you can understand your strengths better and your weaknesses so you can work with them. So um, you can also understand your faults and what needs to be healed. There's so many important things about astrology that helps us learn about ourselves and helps us learn about everyone, other people. Right. So I do have a question regarding that. Okay. So you would say then, then uh, that chart, mm -hmm. that astrological chart, it's almost like it it would it's like like a reflection of our lives like that that chart reflects into our lives and everything that we go through and how we should handle things it it reflects the situations that arise in okay. our life it okay. it affect, we have the choices to make but we can make better decisions knowing what energies are out there like it may make more meaningful decisions when if you make like if saturn is in a certain place and you know that you're going to have a job that you really want but saturn's kind of limiting that that you may want to like wait off on that job or hold off on what you want to study you make better decisions that where the planets will help you a little more okay. if you get what i mean right. 
Okay. Like a page out of my own life right here. That's Saturn in here. Saturn's um, fun. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. Saturn is, uh, Saturn definitely is, uh, is fun. Um, <laughs> so it sounds to me though, based on your answer there, that, um, one of the reasons that astrology continues to be of such significance to spiritual practice is that it really is a, another way for us to, uh, I think connect and know more of ourselves. Yes. Right. Which is also, again, one of the purposes of spiritual practice, right? Is to, yes. to, to know ourselves. To understand ourselves, yeah. our strengths, and to also understand that the universe isn't necessarily a part of the outside of us. Um, it's a okay. reflection of us okay. in a way. Okay. Like when it comes to archetypal astrology in that book, I don't remember the guy who wrote it. Yeah. But I do know <laughs> that in that book, it's showing like the universe is more like a coral reef system rather than okay. the outside. Okay. It's a reflection of us as well, gotcha. which does make okay. sense to me. Yeah, I think so. I mean, well, you see that, that principle in a lot of different spiritual traditions too, you know, mm -hmm. like that as above, so below, as within, so without, right. you know, these kinds of things in hermetic practice. Yeah. Very cool. All right. Okay. Um, all right. So this one, I think you, you already kind of answered my next question to be honest. <laughs> I was going to ask you how you would explain the value of astrology to somebody, but really you kind of just did that. Yes. Right. Um, so you've talked so much about astrology as a, a tool for getting to, um, you know, better understand yourself your motivations. Mm -hmm. um, but I know one of the big reasons that so many people come back to astrology is for future, right? Everybody wants yes. like, like, and you mentioned a moment ago that astrology was one of the oldest or is one of the oldest divination. forms of divination. Yes. So how, how would you explain the value of astrology to someone who, you know, regardless of their familiarity with it, how would you explain the value of astrology to someone in the process of divination or looking at maybe the future? So when it comes to, if it's a question, mm -hmm. like, um, if they look at a certain part of their life, mm -hmm. I have to look at a certain house in their life. So mm -hmm. if they're, if it has to do with relationship, I'm going to look at the third and the seventh house okay. community and like partnerships. Okay. Right. Yeah. If it's health, I'm going to look in the sixth house. Okay. If it's, um, all about like, which should, should I go to school? I'm going to look in the ninth house. Okay. I'm going to look at the transits around that house and see what planet is aspecting what house better and what is a good idea. And surprisingly enough, a lot of my clients are already on the right track when it comes to their health. Okay. It's lining up with Saturn or Jupiter hitting that sixth house. All right. So they automatically, it's like an inner core working that they already, they're already getting these signals. They're just not aware of it. Okay. Okay, so th so that would be value there, right? Yes. Like, like if if for no other reason from what you're saying, validation. Yes. Right. That that you are moving in the right direction. Right. Because I think that even when we're doing other, all of us, we all work as readers, as psychics here, and that's one of the things that I think we hear quite a bit, right, from from people is, you know, am I making the right decision? Mm -hmm. You know, am I am I moving in the right direction? Is this job the right yes. job? Is this person the right partner for me? You know, but really, that's a lot of time. That's what we need. So let me give you an example. I did have a young lady that came in today. Okay. And I know I pulled up the chart and I'm like, so is there anyone um, that just was born or is mm -hmm. there anyone that's getting married? Mm -hmm. She's like, no, I just found out I was pregnant today. Okay. And Jupiter's mm -hmm. in the fourth house. Okay. You see what I mean? Okay. It yeah. lines up. Okay. So it helps me help them more by okay. showing them, especially with those, those minds that are very critical. Okay. I love to pull out astrology. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, it would, it would make sense to me that someone that was approaching a process like divination mm -hmm. or well really just spirituality in general that tended to be one of these more uh analytical critical mm -hmm. even like mm -hmm. extremely skeptical yes. kinds of minds uh or, or you know minded people it would seem to me that astrology would actually be a good yes. uh, process for these or, or a good thing for these people to to refer to because it's um because it, it is so structured right like there there is such a structure to it and there are such established it's not that it doesn't always change too, right? It's, it it's always evolving. All the but, time. <laughs> um, but but it, it, it's something that is, I would say, would be a bit more established. So when I do have <laughs> skeptical clients, and that's what I pull out usually mm -hmm. if yeah. I have them, and then I'll break into tarot after, okay. but I'll look and I'll show them their chart. And I was like, this is why you're feeling this way. Okay. This is what challenge you're going on. You see where that is? Yeah. And they're blown away okay. because I can show them. I can point it. I can like this right here. Right. Some people need that. That makes sense. So what? So just a little, little, little tangent here. A uh, little side note. Uh, which astrological sign is prone to be the most skeptical or critical? Critic. Well, 
But, well, both, I guess, either. It depends. Um, Capricorn? Really? That's what I, thought, I thought you were going to say Virgo. I was going to be like, oh, Virgo. Virgos. I was okay. going there next. Okay. Is it the earth, earth signs? Sign? Because the earth signs believe in the physical and tangible world. Okay. So they want to feel it and see it. Gotcha. So they're okay. going to be more skeptical. It okay. depends on that moon. It okay. depends on that rising as well. It's not just our sun. Gotcha. Okay. okay. All right. Um, myself, and as an example, I am a Sagittarius. Mm -hmm. My moon is Pisces. My rising is Scorpio. Mm -hmm. But I have a Mars in Virgo. Okay. I need to see where everything is coming okay. from at times. Okay. So astrology, I love it. Okay. So I can say, hey, I see that. All right. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> okay. So... What would, and you already, you kind of touched upon one of these, or I think of the big one of these a moment ago, um, but what would you say are the biggest, what would you say are the most confusing things about astrology for a lot of people, or like the, the wrong ideas that people have about astrology? So the confusing <laughs> part about astrology is you're not going to be able to give an astrological reading in an hour. Okay. To to a client. Okay. And when it when you are learning, you have to learn so many things, and you have and it's overlapping. It's not something that you're gonna take one test on and know. Okay. If you don't continually continuously study astrology, you will lose it. Okay. That is the hardest part about astrology gotcha. because it's always changing as well. Okay. Well, and, and again, I think you and I, just even in recent weeks, we've had conversations about that because I, I've um, recently begun to, to freshen my studies on geomancy. And mm -hmm. and, and geomancy, there actually is a lot of astrological significance, more more than I'm remembering there was mm -hmm. actually as I'm studying. Um, and um, and yeah, it's, it's interesting because when I've gone back to some of the uh, older, more traditional methods of geomancy and its astrological associations, those are quite a bit different. Nowadays, mm -hmm. we have things like we've got like asteroids and planetoids yes. and things like that that yes. did didn't have like you know like a lot like years and years and years ago those mm -hmm. things didn't exist so so that's one example of how I, I could see astrology is constantly evolving yes um what about the ideas that people get and again this is the one that you kind of mentioned just a, a few moments ago but this idea that people have that that these astrological influences are things that absolutely control our lives it does not control our lives. It gives us a chance to face what we, what challenges we have in life. Okay. Okay. Um, and it depends on us if we make the right choice or the wrong choice. And now if we don't learn from that, we'll always have a second opportunity when those when the planets align in that way again. Yeah. But until then, it's like a cycle. We're going to have to learn how to break it. Okay. That's true. That's true because if you think about that, most of the planets will move through those positions at least once or twice right time, right yes like i know saturn moves around the sun it's like approximately every 20 or 28 years 28 right? years that's right is there i just to my knowledge is there a planet that moves slower like is there one uranus. that takes longer uranus takes longer to move yep. okay yeah just because it sits further out or is it so 42 years moving? is the first time it's going to be in opposition when it's oh okay 42 years old that's okay. when we have most of our midlife crisis Oh, all right. So yeah. 42 years okay. old okay. and then 84 years old. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pluto will never be in an ops. It's too long. Okay. I believe it's 200 and something years. I'm, I don't remember. Gotcha. I think okay. it's like 284 years Yeah. before it goes around the sun one time. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. So right. it's okay. the slowest moving yeah. planet, so it okay. affects us well, the least. Well, it has least, such a, a wider orbit, too, but it's, right? That's, that would, yeah. And it's, but it's very, um, lots of transformation with the planet Pluto. Yeah. Yeah, and, and kind of tricky transformation too. A lot of it, if I remember correctly. Right? Usually, like it's, it's positive. Like, is it? Oh, yes, okay, it's okay. usually positive. Okay, okay. It's for your better good, even though you don't like it. Oh, okay. Maybe, okay, maybe that's where, where <laughs> I'm remembering. Okay, because I always remembered people kind of saying that Pluto could be kind of more of a malefic kind of an influence. It's or, it's neutral. Is it? Okay. It's it's okay. not good or bad. Gotcha. It depends on you. Okay. Okay, you so, say you say it also depends on the house is in. Not really. It's like um. Because it takes, like, usually it takes so long for it to go through a house, you're never going to notice it. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. You're not okay. really going to notice it unless it's aspecting a certain planet and a gotcha. certain retrograde, okay. and then you're going to feel those. Okay. Those. So it's kind of like, like, because it's so slow, you don't really notice. It's like when you, like, see someone every day, mm -hmm. and they show up, and they're like, can you tell I've lost weight? You're like, no, I, I see you every day. So Pluto's... <laughs> So Pluto, <laughs> okay. Pluto's return for the United States is mm -hmm. February twenty second, twenty twenty two. Oh, 
right. so it's gonna be fun. That's I'm interested in what's going to happen. Okay. Yeah, everybody, this is interesting okay. day. Everybody brace yourselves for February of next year. Yep. Okay. All right. Cool. So, okay. So, Vlad, I've got a quick question. Since we're talking about Pluto and, you know, and uh, Tabitha mentioned Uranus a moment ago and, and Saturn and, you know, and, and some of these planets that sit a little bit further out, you mentioned, and of course we know this, right? We know this, that most uh, uh, older ancient cultures, you know, whatever, whatever country, whatever culture, area, people, whatever, most of them have... Uh, very strong associations with the sun, the moon, uh, particular stars. stars. Like we know a lot of cultures work with like the Sirius star. Yep, Sirius mm-hmm. star. Uh, we, we hear a lot of stories about Venus as mm-hmm. one of the Venus. brighter stars in the night sky. So, what's what's your what's your take on that when you look at something like uh, say more more rooted in indigenous practices, maybe particularly even like older indigenous practices? Um, what is the significance of some of those celestial bodies as it would maybe relate to some of these outer bodies? Like, when we look at the influence of Saturn and how that could bring something into manifest for us, I guess. And do you see overlap there, like, uh, within, it's like even within your own, with your own culture, with the, mm. the, the Taino people, do you, do you see, like, are there associations with the sun and the moon and these kinds of things that would parallel some of what we get from, say, something like Hellenistic astrology? Yeah, I would say so. I, 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 I... For example, from parting from the Taino people, um, um, the sun represents birth, just like astrology. Okay, All right. it represents birth. Um, so the sun is also considered an elemental, okay. not a star, in oh. my within okay. my people. Okay, right. Um, and I feel like uh, like in different traditions, uh, the idea of these stars or planets mm-hmm. are very similar. They are very similar. For example, the moon, it always represents some sort of female energy or female and or female okay. deity. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And, and, and and you see it also in the Mayans. Okay. The Mayans were astrologers. Yep. Oh yeah. They, yeah. They yeah. Were, oh yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. You know, they, yeah. they, 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 they will take the astrologicals of um 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 the constellations or mm-hmm. as uh, astrological alignments. Yeah. And they will pair it with seasons. Okay. Yeah. And and if if you look at everything, maybe their knowledge, like their knowledge of things, would not be so extent. It wouldn't. It would. It wouldn't. It's not as extended as what we have now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I'm thinking that is basically like a baseline of astrology. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm always amazed when I think about, um, like you know, older. <clears throat> now when I say older, I'm talking like basically ancient cultures, you know, like the Mayan uh, astrologers, you know, I'm always amazed when I see how much work and knowledge like a contemporary astrologer has to have. Like, I mean, people have written computer programs and things to help calculate all of those, you know, all those tiny little details and and everything. And we haven't mentioned the Hopi. Oh, that's yeah. Well, yeah, because again, absolutely like Northern uh, North American indigenous types also had, um, Mm-hmm. Means of, um, of astrology associated yes. with astrology, yeah. So um, <clears throat> it's just fascinating to me. I'm like, oh my god, these these people that we often look at as like ancient and primitive. Like uh, these people were also pretty, pretty pretty intelligent. I mean, to to be able to do, oh, I don't know. Yeah, just as someone on the outside, someone who doesn't work as an astrologer, someone I'm, would... I'm always amazed. I'm like, oh my god, these people were calculating these things like thousands of years ago just like, by observing yes exactly just watching the movement of the, of the night sky or the, the sun right exactly it's Someone amazing would have to be outside 24 yeah. 7 just like standing there yeah. yeah all right so we recently did you guys will remember um you weren't there in person but you joined us online uh, oh. when we did the ask a witch last month um, and we had somebody ask us specifically about what astrology could tell us about past life experience. Uh-huh. Um, and that kind of started a little bit of a, of a conversation that evening. And it was, I, for me, it was really kind of a fascinating question because, um, again, we're usually looking to astrology to explain what's happening today and, mm-hmm. you know, next week, right? Yes. Um, so it just had never occurred to me that, oh my God, we can, absolutely, this would be a tool for these kinds of things. So how, how, how would you feel or how, how do you feel as an astrologer, that that knowledge, when we look at the way that these things impacted 
not, I mean, not even this lifetime, but what we've learned of maybe what our past life may have been. Like, how, how do you see that this, this is in, of influence? So in astrology, our past lifetimes, um, each lifetime is something that we, we choose to work on. Okay. All right. So if we did not master a certain skill in that past lifetime, we're going to take it in this lifetime hmm. and master it. Okay. All right. So, and in astrology, you can see, like, I can see that I've learned so far up to seven past lives. And I can look in different parts of the chart to see where that is. And I have to do um, a draconic chart to really be specific about the past life. Okay. I can see the sun, the moon, the rising, everything about that past life. Okay. And I can do that up to seven lifetimes. But then I can see the, the, the opposite of the true node, descent, the descendant. Okay. So that will tell me what the last lifetime was. Oh, and that will right. tell me the skills that you brought into this lifetime that you were born with. Okay. And then the true node is what you need to work on, the skill that you need to work on in this lifetime. Okay. And I can bring that into an astrological reading. Okay. And I think that's good knowledge, yeah, right? Yeah, I do that. Because, I mean, we've talked about past lives and the significance, mm -hmm. the, the value. Mm -hmm. of, of the, having that information on other podcast episodes. And, and I know Vlad and I, we've, we've yep. taught other people, you know, over the years, and this has been a topic of discussion, but um, how we can, uh, I think I think we, a lot of us, we, the real benefit to having access to that past life information is that it gives us a better idea of what we can be doing now mm -hmm. to, to really be kind of like being our best self, right? You know, like doing right. what we need to do. So, okay. And I can cool. even see what we're going to bring into sometimes, depending yeah. on the chart in the future, like the next lifetime, oh, like whatever's right. in the 12th house. Okay. If we've not mastered that, that's going to be in our next lifetime. Gotcha. Okay. Right. That's cool. Hmm. You're teaching me a lot of stuff tonight. So. Okay. All right. Yeah. I hope okay. I, I'm reborn as a witch. Yeah. I, I don't want, exactly right. I don't want to be a light witch. There, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, of course, I guess that's the benefit of us not maybe having a conscious memory of our prior yes. incarnations, right? Is we don't know, right? We won't remember. Like, in my last life, I was... Uh, yeah, well, we get that a lot, right? We talk about yeah. past lives, so we get these people. I know that in a prior life, I must have been a, a queen or the emperor of a country, or, or a priestess, some, or a priestess, or a really powerful <laughs> shaman, or something like that. And then, you know, and then it's like really, I, I will, I like, always, if, I if always you were that in your past life, and now you're an accountant working in the middle of nowhere, America. If you believe in these kinds of things, wouldn't that tell you that you did something really wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, because you're supposed to keep kind of leveling up, right? Yes. You know, I mean, and of course we realize all of that is, is nonsense. That's all superficial and you know, I, new age stuff. But So people that have their descendant in mm -hmm. their 12th house okay. usually can remember their past life. Okay. Oh, all right. It is like very rare. Okay. But it is like they so is... typically have those dreams, those okay. dreams over and over oh. again. All right. Or they do have memories of that. If okay. you see the descendant in the twelfth, or maybe even the first house, yeah. these people are more likely to remember their past lives. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. All right. <laughs> okay. So okay. So okay. So you you're talking this this I think actually this is kind of a cool uh, segue into one of the other um, questions that I have for you, or one of the, one of the conversations uh, topics I wanted to have. Um, the terminology. Um, now, so you're talking about dis, like the descendant in the twelfth mm -hmm. house. So so. Correct me on this because I'm pretty sure I'm going to get this wrong. So, is the this the descendant that you're talking about? Is that the same thing as the southern node? Yes. Is that what that's? Yes, oh, so that, that is. is the same thing. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay. See. Okay. Because like like I'm I'm always caught up on the terminology. And again, my my understanding of the southern node is coming strictly from geomancy mm -hmm. as a practice. But um, but I've never heard it referred to as a de the descendant. Mm -hmm. You know. And so um so it's kind of cool to see like oh the these are the, you know because I kind of thought mm -hmm. based on what the I studied or read like yes. they're the same thing. So the, so the south node. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay, cool. I wasn't curious. What about some other terminology? So what what um what is a horary chart? So that is like if I was gonna get married right now, or if I was thinking of getting married right now, okay. I would ask my astrologist, okay, so will this work out? Okay. So the, usually it's up to five years that this is a, a question that you can ask. Okay. In a chart. So will this work out for us? And you can base it on the question right now. Oh. 
Right. And then usually you can see if it's going to work out or not when it comes to relationships. Okay. Right. Or any type of question, but it's usually about an action or something like a business or anything like okay, that. Okay, not on the relationships. Thing. Yeah. Okay. 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 See, because I guess maybe that is a point where maybe I w I've been confused a little over the years because I thought that was a sinistry. Sinistry is comparing charts. Okay. Sinistry oh, is comparing. Okay. okay. Gotcha. Okay. And then a natal chart is just your birth chart. Yes. Right? Okay. Okay. What other, I mean, I'm just curious, like, what other terms have you seen in astrology? I mean, I'm sure there are a lot of them. But, like, what, what are the ones that you've noticed that really kind of confuse people? I'm just so, curious. So, the rising and ascendant okay. would, would confuse them. The true node, south node, okay. ascendant, descendant. Okay. So, what's the difference between the rising and the ascendant? It's the same thing. So it is the it's same thing. It's just the same okay. thing. Okay. It's just okay. you're rising okay. and then you're ascending. It's just like easier to say, gotcha. okay. so to speak. Okay. And then let me think. There's so many different yeah. terminologies. Yeah. Well, the Chiron. The Chiron is the wounded warrior. Okay. So and that Chiron is, is an asteroid? Yes, okay. it is an okay. asteroid. Right. But it's typically um, the wounded warrior. So it's a trauma that you have in your chart Okay. that you look at. And it will tell you where you've been most likely traumatized, where you need to turn that around. Okay. And so, and that, that depends on where, like, which house it falls in. It depends. Yeah. The house will tell you the nature of the trauma. Okay. But okay. usually the number beside that, that point will oh. show an age. Oh. Okay. Oh, that's kind of cool. Which is, see, that's, see, that to me, that's amazing. That's like, I mean, you get down to, to like details like that with something like this. And I'm like, that's like going to see a psychologist almost like, you know, like. They can tell you, like, at the age of seven, you were, you know, blah, 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 you know, you experienced this trauma. And I'm like, I'm like, that's, that's like, you know, that would be a really interesting thing to see an overlap. Because I'm assuming, like, you know, centuries ago, right, before we had uh, individuals that would be identified as, like, you know, modern day, like, mental health experts, right? Which are, you know, who are people that are doing such amazing work, right? I mean, we've got therapists, psychologists, I mean, and we need, we need these people, right? They're doing really good work for a lot of people. But... But it would seem to me like hundreds of years ago, like very often you would be getting the same kind of counsel or information from someone like an astrologer, mm -hmm. right? You'd be going to them and they'd be saying, well, this is, you know, this is why this is happening or this is why perhaps this particular situation or when even this is going to be going on and this is most likely the way that it's going to impact you. A lot of psychologists use like natal charts to help the, yeah? their, um, okay. their clients. Okay. I just can't think of an remember a name but i do remember well, a lot of people well, do actually like jung carl's jung yeah, carl young carl young, young? Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah he did okay well and, I, and then it seems to me that makes a lot of sense because we, mm -hmm. we've talked about young on the podcast before yes. and he for sure was into the occult he oh yes had to be. yeah he was. and he, he studied was. astrology he yeah. is a part of the archetypal astrology okay so okay. he created a lot of those archet or like studied a lot of yeah. those archetypes Okay. That would make, I mean, again, just to me, that would be just such an interesting overlap. And it would make sense to me that there would be therapists out there that used astrology because I know um, more than one uh, mm -hmm. therapist out there that uh, uses the tarot mm -hmm. in the process of their consultation sometimes. So I, I don't know. That's, that's just, that's interesting to me to see that overlap because very often those um, medical science, those mm -hmm. kinds of things, like it tends to kind of take a, a not so nice view of spirituality <laughs> sometimes, right? So it's kind of nice to see. A, a bit of a connection there. So, so a few of the terms mm -hmm. that I can bring up is sure. a conjunction. Okay. So that is five degrees within a sign. So if I have my sun and my mercury within five degrees, that's a conjunction. Okay. So that makes, makes those two planets work better together. Okay. All right. But in my case, they're both fire. So gotcha. okay. you might have a little bit, like I talk very fast. Okay. I always need to get it out. That, that kind of sets that trait for that oh, in your right. natal. Okay. So opposition is like when we have, like I mentioned before, Saturn opposing Saturn. That's oh. an opposition. That's okay. the chance. Is it always the same planet? It can be any planet that okay. opposes, okay. Gotcha. but it's okay. just like okay. an, an example. So Saturn in, in opposition of Saturn, that's at age, what, 31? Okay. Typically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 31. Yeah. It's giving the chance. Okay. Lessons learned. Need All to right. grow up. So um, we have cusp. A lot of people okay. talk, oh, I'm a Libra yeah. something cusp. Well, and I've heard a lot <laughs> lately about that. Like there are a lot of people that are like, regardless of 
like some people are like what I call it cusp purists, purists, right? Where they're like, oh, you you know, we take into account the cusp, right? Uh, but then there are others I've heard within the astrology community mm-hmm. where they're like, it doesn't matter if you're close to the cusp or not, you're still going to be within that one sign. So what's what's your what's your take on that? I'm curious. For me, I'm <laughs> kind of still studying that. Okay. Because I do take an accountability cusp because they do take on some personality or traits okay. of okay. that other sign. So I can't dismiss that. Okay. So I'm studying it okay. to see because I've read everything about it. I just want to see like see more people in a cusp. Okay. So I can okay. kind of evaluate them a little gotcha. more. Okay. okay. No, no, no. Not that. <laughs> that, makes, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. And Do you, go, go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah. and I did want to mention retrograde. Let's talk about that a little bit because <laughs> pretty much every planet in our solar system retrogrades at some point, right? Every planet, um, not the sun or the moon. Well, Those yeah, are yeah, luminaries. Yeah. Okay. But every planet retrogrades, even our asteroids. Okay. Even um, our true node, our south node. Yeah. Um, everything retrogrades. Um, Mercury is not the only one. <laughs> yeah. So, so can you explain to me because our, um, and to our listeners certainly. Um, what exactly happens when a planet goes retrograde? So the a planet appears to be going backwards instead of forward. Okay. And usually the energies of that planet pause. Okay. Or it backtracks. Oh. And right. then you're going to feel more stuck. Okay. So when it comes to Venus, Venus is what? The planet of beauty and wealth mm-hmm. and money, right? Okay. We're going to feel and, and love. So yeah. relationships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're going to feel like we need to work more harder to feel an accomplishment out of that. Okay. Right? And okay. that's coming up. Gotcha. December 19th. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then when we have Saturn, Saturn um, does the same thing. It just appears backwards. And it okay. makes that it more challenging to feel like you're moving forward. Okay. It's not as bad as people okay. say. Okay, so yeah, so it's so again, and, and I think all of us, we've all had opportunities where we've spoken with people about the retrograde or the energy of the retrograde and how. Oh yes, we have. Um, people really lose their shit, particularly yeah. over the Mercury retrograde, and, and all of us have told people like, "Oh my God, get a grip! Yeah. This is this is not the end of your world. Like just just handle this in this way." And the mm-hmm. memes, oh my God! Oh yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. The internet. Every time we have a Mercury retrograde, yeah, the internet goes crazy with that for about a week, and then. And then I think most people kind of realize, like, oh, nothing really that drastic has changed. I just need to make sure I just handle these things differently and I'm good. So when yeah. it comes to the retrogrades, you have to take into accountability the sign that the, the planet is in. Oh, okay. Because right. that affects okay. those planets that are near that retrograde or where okay. it's hitting more effectively. Okay. All right. So I don't remember what the <clears> last <throat> retrograde was in. Um, but if it's like an air sign, we're going to feel more... Limited on how we speak. Okay. Or so, if it's, it depends yeah. on what. Is it specific to person too? Because I'm, I mean, just for example, okay, so I'm, so I'm a Pisces. Right. Which means my, one of my ruling planets anyway would be Neptune. Right. Right. So if, when Neptune goes retrograde, that should be something that certainly will impact everyone. Yes. But as someone whose planet is, or, or is, um, as I'm ruled by that planet based, based on my astrological sign, would that retrograde be trickier for me potentially yes it would it might okay. make you more in a state of confusion okay or it might make oh, you so, feel okay and but neptune must be in retrograde all the time then it, it'll I'm go direct on december always 1st. confused it'll okay. go in direct okay. in december 1st but usually when neptune is retrograde we have to look at things more clearly no. Nept- okay. neptune is that planet that likes to confuse us okay so when it's going backwards we're like okay we or when it's in retrograde we can look at the mundane world more clearly okay when it's Going forward, that's more like okay, we can go back to La La Land. Gotcha. See what okay. I mean? Okay, well, yeah, that, that <laughs> makes sense. You know, as as a Pisces, I can honestly say most of us uh, spend half of our day with our heads in the clouds. So, <laughs> okay, well, that makes sense. All right. Um, I'm trying to remember where I was at with with the the questions that I had for you. It um, went. First one. Okay. Off. So so we've talked a lot about this, and we we may even I think kind of sort of touched upon this just a little bit, but. Uh, we, we know that ancient astrologers didn't work with uh, many of the same planets no. and stars, particularly stars um, in the same position in the sky, right? Because right. we know that over the years, like like our planet, like Earth, has kind of shifted on its axis a little bit, and a lot of the stars and constellations and things are actually kind of sitting in different places. 
in the night sky than they were, say, you know, several hundred years ago, right? Um, so we know that, that things have changed quite a bit in that sense. But um, so what's your opinion on the addition of some of these things like asteroids and planetoids and things? I mean, as someone who's not really an astrologer, to me, I look at that and I'm kind of like, oh my God, wasn't the original information that we had enough? Like we got it, now we got to worry about these extra things too? Or do you find it's actually helpful? Because I think it, it can add nuance or it can add more specific kind of detail, right? So when it comes to Ceres, to me, what I've okay. been taught, that okay. that planet is the planet of motherhood, which I don't believe that. So is Ceres actually a planet? No, sorry, the asteroid of motherhood or oh, the mother. Okay. Oh, gotcha, okay. okay right? Okay, okay, okay. And then, so that tells in a woman's chart what kind of mother there'll be which oh. i don't i've connected it and okay. i've been trying to apply it and okay. i've noticed that's how a father can be too so okay. i'm feeling a little bit okay at odds with that okay. but it does help me to say hey this is you shouldn't be really a friend to your children you should gotcha. really okay. you know this is more like what type of parent you are okay. and i'm used every time i think i would as an astrologer i think i would be terrified to have that conversation with yeah I, I don't know a single <laughs> woman out there that wants to be told what kind of mother she is well it uh, does point <laughs> in what <laughs> it points in what strengths you have okay. as a mother and what flaws okay. and if they come to you and they want to know yeah. i'm not gonna lie oh, so, yeah, you're gonna give them all the info <laughs> so right. when it comes okay. to vesta okay. vesta is the priestess okay. right okay. so when we see that in the house it shows what type of caretaker or a priestess we are when okay. it comes to verte that is like if i always see it in the eighth house for almost everyone and that those are people that are more likely to like a cult or to oh. be drawn to it their whole lives interesting and okay. then i see juno and then i see so these kind of point out characteristics okay. Okay. so these so these are valuable yes these these new bits of information that we're seeing yes okay, okay. Yes. all right and I, I have worked with them sometimes, but usually people are not really interested in it, usually okay. women. Gotcha. But I've applied it to men, and I've asked them the same type of questions. So yeah. what type of caretaker do you see yourself as? Okay. Are you, like, I'll see it in the chart. Is this how you are? Yeah. I'm like, okay. So that okay. that's kind of, I believe there's more research needed okay. in well, the so, well, certainly. And as we, we've said a few times, right, like as, astrology as a practice it is, seems to constantly be yeah. something that's evolving and growing. So, okay. Well, you know, I'm very curious because you, I hear, I've heard a lot of things about this and everything I hear about this particular, uh, like, I think it's an asteroid. I, I think, yeah, I think it's an asteroid. Um, everything I've heard about this one is always kind of um, like negative or kind of sinister, but what is it, Lilith? Lilith is massive transformation. Okay, okay. Um, it's just like drastic changes. Okay. So or not, when not everything... bad necessarily. No, okay. it kind of feels okay. like Pluto to me. Okay. But then again, there's a lot more people that know more about that asteroid because they work with it more. Okay. I've just started to touch just base kind of with into it. That? Okay. But I've noticed it's where there's a lot of sudden changes in your life. What okay. house that would be in? Oh. All right. Or drastic. Okay. Or transformations. Like you're innocent, you know. Yeah. Or yeah. Pluto. Okay. All right. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, I just, I had to ask on that one because we've talked about a few of the others. And, and for some reason, that one always just pops into my head. I think it's just the name. Mm -hmm. Right? We hear that name. I love that so name. Many, <laughs> so many I other kind of, kind of associations <laughs> with that name and occultism and witchcraft. Yeah, so it's like, oh, Lilith. You know, like, um, okay, cool. All right. Well, is there anything that we haven't talked about about astrology tonight that so, like, you would tell people that are listening to us so south node has another word but i'm not be believing it's descendant it's oh. south node but it's something else i okay. got mixed up with okay. the words okay. um with our rising we have our descendant oh drawn straight line oh. so okay our rising shows us how we seem to the world right okay. our descendant shows who we work well together within relationships oh. right our Midhaven MC okay. is showing where or what type of work environment that's usually in the 10th house okay. and who we work better with. Yeah. And our IC shows it's a family. It's okay. in, usually in the 4th house. What's, the, what's IC stand I for? IC, starting with N. N oh, I'll it, look it, it up. Is it Nader? Yeah. The Nader? Yeah. Okay. Yes. Okay. okay. <laughs> so, and that shows our family life. 
oh. or who we feel close to. Okay. And it, it, it doesn't just depend on the house. It depends on the sign, okay, so, which is in each okay. house in so the planet. Once again, you're, you're, you're telling us in kind of a roundabout way that there's, there's a whole lot that goes into this. Layers. And if you are someone listening or, yeah, well, anybody, and you <laughs> want to really kind of dive into astrology, your own, or mm-hmm. just the practice of astrology, like you better be be ready because this is this is a bit of bit of information. I do have a question. I do have <laughs> oh, a yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we we are talking about charts and astrology for people, right? But can you have a chart for a business? Yes. Can you have a chart for a oh, group of people. Okay. All right. Yes, you can. You can um, cast a chart on when that was created, mm-hmm. and then just do a chart based on when it was created, the place and time. You have to have the time though, or the question of the time. Okay, so you would run that chart basically like, like a natal business was a was a, a person. Yep, like a natal. Okay, and that's how you can see like what kind of challenges come up, and things like that. Usually, if a business is ran like open in a Mercury retrograde, mm-hmm. the business will do really well during Mercury retrograde. Oh, that's interesting <laughs> because we we shop in the middle of a Mercury retrograde. Yes. I don't think I, I'll have to notice the next time we go into a Mercury retrograde. You should I'll have look. To check the books and see how we do. I'm curious. Yes. Because that's because I mean typically that's a time that a lot of people are like oh but this is not good for business, um, and all that but that would work differently if that was yeah it it it's not just about if it's not good for business it depends on so many factors okay, okay. It, it you're not running an IT company yeah right Mercury rules communication gotcha. oh okay okay you understand right, okay that makes so sense okay it's not really like really gonna hurt you if you're not doing like a lot of IT. Okay. Right? You're doing okay. more spiritual things. You're gotcha. doing things that help you think. And then this is okay. not the ordinary type of business. That's very true. So okay. it's right. a different type of thinking, which would be probably more beneficial if we okay. had that in a Mercury retrograde. Okay. True. Okay. Cool. All right. Yeah, I don't think I've really, really thought about that before. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of fun. I'm, I'm as we're sitting, as you're, you've been explaining all these very detailed, these very specific correlations, you know, I'm... Um, I read, so I'm, I'm the palm reader, right? When you, you guys, you work with me, you guys know I read palms. And um, and it's kind of funny to me because there there's a lot of astrological or at least planetary significance on the palm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just interesting to me that within the practice of palmistry, which really kind of originated in very different cultures and in very different periods of time, um, that there would be so much correlation. Like the properties and the influences that we see in astrology for Saturn are very much what you'll see on the palm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Saturn influences the formation of the palm, and so it's just it's just very cool. And again, it's very detailed, um, and very and it's important that you you have to look at more than one area of the hand because yeah. you would have to look at a chart, right? Like you have to look at this piece, this piece, and this piece, and here's now here's your 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 information, right? So it just to me in making that that correlation based on you know what I do and what I'm familiar with, it just it's kind of cool because I'm like like this is um, to me just another example of how so many of these practices all thread together at some mm-hmm. point, I guess. Well, when you think of it, tarot is even within yeah. astrology, yeah. like the way our crops grow. Everything is about like astrology to me. Yeah. But I've just yeah. been noticing it more because I um, study it so yeah. much. Right. Yeah. But I do have a question. If you yeah. would read someone's palm, could you see if they would be a good astrologist? Um, I think, yes, there, there would be there would be signs on someone's palm that would speak specifically to uh the kind of it it wouldn't be specific to astrology uh-huh. but it would be more within the realm of the practical components like is this someone that would be very good at processing complex kinds of information um someone that would have a good memory for detail mm-hmm. someone that would have the openness on not just an intellectual but also on a spiritual level mm-hmm. to first put their effort into learning something like astrology because mm-hmm. as, as we've said there's a lot there right there's a lot of thought a lot to learn um, so there, you, there could be things on the palm that would indicate someone's um, ability and mm-hmm. skill for something like that, but not necessarily their desire. Really? To do something. Like so, that. so, bringing that up, um, when it comes to astrology and seeing if someone has psychic abilities, I can look in someone's chart. Okay. So, yeah. we have the water houses. We have the mm-hmm. 12th the fourth and the eighth house those are all water houses those are our intuition those are seen beyond what is seen it's like empathy feeling you know so the fourth house ruled by the moon 
eighth house is ruled by Scorpio, and the twelfth is ruled by Pisces. Okay. Right? Yeah. Those houses, if I see, like, I'll give you an example as me or you. Mm-hmm. You're a Pisces. Mm-hmm. I don't remember your ascendant or anything, but mm-hmm. Pisces automatically have, like, that... It depends on other aspects of that... Um, of the chart, and I'll explain that in a minute. Okay. Okay. But I will automatically know there's some depth to you, depth to you. Okay. Okay. And sometimes, unfortunately, it does um, correlate with mental illness as well, especially yeah. with Pisces yeah, and the twelfth house. We, we know that there's oftentimes a very thin line between right. There is yes. And- Mental and mentally unstable. Yeah, but, <laughs> she's calling me crazy. Black. No, no, yeah, I, I, I know. I, she's not wrong. She's not wrong. I have um, a Pisces moon okay. with yeah. a moon in my fourth house ruled by Cancer. Okay. So that That's is. A, so, but that would be so. so again, because I'm here, I'm, I'm yeah. just curious. Because I've got a question on that. Because so, so you have to look at the house, and you have to look at the person's individual sign. Right? Yes, you do. But the houses all have particular associations, right? Like like right. you mentioned uh, the 12th house, right. which is uh, influenced by Pisces. Yep. With, and the 12th house, if I remember correctly in the chart, the 12th house is uh, spirituality. Yes. Right? The 4th house, isn't the 4th house like home? Our intuition as well. Is it? Oh, okay. It's our right. intuition. Okay. Um, okay. Dreams. It still okay. can be that. It's a lot. It has to do with water and the moon. Okay. What is the moon role? Okay. Right? The moon. Think of what the moon rules, right? And then our eighth house is Scorpio. So that is life, death, transformation, secrets. Okay. Fun stuff. Okay. Right? So if I, for example, I have Pisces in my fourth. I have Cancer in my eighth. Okay. And I have Scorpio in my twelfth. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. All right. So, and then when you have (laughs) Neptune and you have Pluto. Okay. If they're in an opposition, that means like... In a straight line, guys, yeah. straight line, okay. opposition, in a blue aspect, that means they work well together. Okay. That means that you have more probability of having those abilities. Oh, all right. Or if they're a trine. You have okay. a lot of trines, and okay. you have a lot of oppositions when it comes to those planets, because okay. it helps you see the unseen. Gotcha. Okay. I, I've been told quite frequently that I can be very oppositional. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Austin will attest to that, as, as will Chris. Um all right. Okay. Well, very cool. You have definitely given me a lot of good info on astrology, and I'm sure a lot of people who listen um, who maybe were not as familiar with I'm some s- of these things, I'm sure this has been some good good talk. So, all right. Let's, so we usually, as we get to the end of an episode, we usually switch gears a little bit. Um, and what we've been doing lately is kind of a discussion, a practical talk on how we would, as witches magical practitioners, spell practitioners, whatever we call ourselves, right? Because I think all of us here, we all kind of wear many hats, right? We all kind of do a little bit of everything here. Um, how we would handle, like, a, a crisis in the world in a, a magical way to support our more mundane kinds of efforts, right? So can any either, either of you think of anything that's been going I've got one for sure, but I, but I want to see, can either of you think of anything that's kind of not working so well in our world these days? Like, I mean, like, just, like, nation like worldwide so, that could be improved well the mass fear yeah um i guess we can do in one yeah. of those other rituals to let go of the fear remember when we did that yes I think it was yeah. like two years ago I, it was i think we did that yeah it was right at the height or right um i think we were only about three or four months into the coronavirus yeah. pandemic. because there's a lot of something to help facilitate a release of fear mm-hmm. because at that point everybody was so terrified it was like the, you know, like the plague had returned, you know, like we were all just so sure that we left our houses, we were going to die. Yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and then, you know, and, and I'm in no way am I trying to downplay the seriousness of the coronavirus because millions still of people in it. have died and it's still here and it's still killing people. And there mm-hmm. are still people running around out there who are too stupid to get vaccinated and or wear a mask. And yes, I said it. Um, anyway, yeah, they changed, uh, they, they're changing your DNA. Yes. Oh my yes. gosh, the we're gonna be infertile. Yes, they're infertile. Or what was that? I love the one that. Uh, oh God, who was it? It was. Um, oh geez, what's her name? Nicki Minaj. I love the one where she says like like I'm holding out on the vaccine because my brother's friend got the vaccine and his testicles swelled up and now he's sterile. Like that, that's been one of the funniest things that I've heard oh so far about that as far as like <laughs> side effects. And I I don't know. Everybody at the CDC was like, no, this didn't happen because of the virus or the vaccine. No, no, no. <laughs> um, so who who knows, right? Who knows? All I do, I feel very bad for 
whoever he may be, I feel very bad, bad for his testicles. But uh, <laughs> anyway, um, anyway. So all right. So what about? Um, so okay. So I'm gonna throw out the one I I've been seeing a lot of. Okay, and this is this is like a, a few days old now at this point. But Kyle Rittenhouse, the Kyle Rittenhouse trial came to an end within the last week. And if, if you remember, if the two of you remember, those of you who are listening remember, Kyle Rittenhouse was the 17-year-old who took it upon himself to go to a Black Lives Matter uh, protest uh, last or during the height of the George Floyd, uh, you know, the aftermath of, the, of George Floyd's yes. killing. Um, and he took it upon himself. And, and Kyle Rittenhouse is a white, I think he was 17 at the time, white, white kid. Um, and he took it upon himself to go to one of these protests as an anti or a counter protester. He was there too. He said, "Protect property from rioters within the city oh that boy. he went to," but he showed up with an assault rifle on his back. And then, of course, as inevitably, you know, as it happens, when an idiot with a gun shows up in a situation like that, somebody ended up getting shot. He ended up killing a couple of people and I think wounding a few more. Um, he sh- he shot people, and he, you know, he finally, you know, it's been almost a year, and his, his he finally got his trial, and all this went down. Um, and they acquitted him. He got off completely with nothing. No, no charge against no charge. him. Nothing. Yeah. Um, and, of course, people are pissed. I'm pissed. You yeah, know, I get it. Right. He's, he's a kid. He made a really dumb decision. But you can't tell me that taking an assault rifle to a Black Lives Matter protest was not racially motivated. Or that the kid didn't want some sort of violence to occur. He, why would you care? go with a gun otherwise, right? Yes. People who have to carry a gun everywhere with them, they're they're looking to start a fight. They absolutely are. Um, and so, anyway, so all of that aside, okay. So, of course, people are dead. Can't really do anything on a magical level to you know. We can't bring those people back to life, or can we? Mm-hmm. Um, but <laughs> we but can now, them. there you have go. Them exactly. Well, but now, but in the aftermath <laughs> of all of this, though, right? And you know, I mean, someone who basically has murdered people now kind of gets off scot free, right? Um, what could we do as witches at this point, maybe, to either help facilitate some process of justice or maybe to help the families of, of the people who were killed, maybe to help them to heal? Do you guys have any suggestions? Oh, how, yeah. how would you as a witch, how would you handle this situation? Okay, if, if, if I was looking for justice, okay, I would definitely do a no-peace spell. Okay. Right? But it's specifically... So maybe not the spirit or the, or, or the ghost of the people he killed. Okay. Because that will stop them. Yeah. But I will definitely use some sort of glamour, right? So them can be more, so they can actually be present in his mind. No peace at all. Okay. Okay. So for me, I would probably make sure that every, until justice is done Mm -hmm. to him, every step he takes will be fumbling where he will not be able to move forward in life until he faces what he's done. Okay, all right. Okay. So, so like, kind of, so kind lock of his road. Kind of lock there. it. Like, okay. So similar, but but also a little bit different. Yeah. So Vlad's kind of got to like like you're going to be not not literally, but but you're or technically, I guess I should say, but but haunted by the ghosts of the people you killed. But, yeah, those faces. But the memory yeah. of these yeah. things these these will be things that will continue to haunt you. Yeah. Where over here you're like you're not going to have. Anything. Any, any opportunities? Nothing. You're not going to have anything work out. Okay, all right. Just take it. Okay. Take it from him. All right. Take his prosperity. Okay. Take everything and well, make we him. are we are some vengeful <laughs> witches in this coven, aren't we? Okay, so all right, so different I, different well, times. We, we, we're just talking about the things that we probably only can talk on the podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is very true. This is very true. And there's a part of me, to be honest, that feels a little um, conflicted about this because though I in no way do I think Kyle Rittenhouse is is innocent. He certainly is is not innocent. And he did something really stupid and horrific. Uh, but I also am, just as a human and as someone who, I do try to kind of see the good in people. I don't know why, but I do try. Um, there's also a part of me that kind of is like, he, he was a kid. Well, this is he another thing that I was going to mention. Know? Yeah. I will also go after his parents. Okay. All right. For teaching him. Yeah. Or for not yeah. controlling him. Okay. Yeah. No, but, yeah. Because well, that's, that's very good. Yeah. Because I mean, a lot of that. Had to, that is coming from them, right? Yes, yes, that's true. But another thing that I'm seeing that children that are way younger than him, mm. that are not white, yeah, 
get thrown under the bus if they yeah. make one little mistake yeah, and true. then 20 years yeah. in prison where's yeah. their chance yeah that's true yeah a lot of a lot of there's just there's not justice there black teams. and yeah, he are. took three four i don't know how many so, lives well, he killed at least two people and, so yeah. stole those lives from yeah. potential someone that could have helped others or been a doctor or anything yeah but since that right there kind of still rubs me wrong yeah like he needs it's, to yeah. still like that's very Ma true. Pay, make amends somehow. Yeah. Okay. Even though he's uh, acquitted, he can still make steps to do things. Yeah. You okay. know? Okay. What about... So what about the... Because, again, at this point, you know, the, the, the victims in this scenario, you know, although there are more victims in this scenario, I think, than just the people who were killed. Like, right now, because of this decision, basically, he gets off without any kind of punishment at all. I, I want to say, basically, the entire black community is a victim right now yeah because yeah. of this yeah, situation as are you know all the other people of color that are, are connected to these these human and civil rights situations we're dealing with um what about the what about the victims in this situation well like what what kind of working would you do maybe again to kind of help facilitate healing for people in the aftermath of all of this well uh, what kind of working for healing well obviously this is not something and we say it we've, we've said this in the in, in the podcast mm -hmm various times yeah that yeah. we cannot spiritually bypass healing yeah we, yeah. we, we cannot yeah right yeah. so um i would go more for a cleansing okay than a healing all right right because those are emotions that are very alive inside them so i i, I cannot pretend to heal someone emotionally okay but i can take some of that some of that negativity out of that okay right okay. so i would do maybe a clearing or cleansing on the on the black community okay right okay. so there will be more fit to deal with the pain the anger the emotional okay. abuse or all, all yeah. those things that, okay. that, 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 that they are okay. in it yeah. instead of healing i would go more for a clearing or a cleansing gotcha okay okay so i would do more of an like an empowerment okay like um make them feel more empowered as a community as well the cleansing as gotcha. well okay. but like okay. something to add some like prosperity to them or um, okay. confidence to make them stand okay in a very positive okay. light as so they, well so they don't lose yeah steam or momentum right so they can they don't lose sight so they, yeah they yeah. don't lose sight of the kind of like this is what we're fighting for this is yeah. what we're here for this is okay. what happened okay. and we're going to be doctors one day we're going to okay. show like against what these people say about us we can rise above that okay all right okay cool all right, all right. what about i am just curious because I, I made kind of a flip comment a moment ago but what about i'm not saying that this needs to be done but just you know since we're talking about it what about the souls of the people that were killed in this situation as of which what what could you see maybe doing to facilitate something for those souls well as a medium right yeah the first thing that i would do is try to have a conversation with them okay right yeah. to see uh what are their needs right because okay. i also don't want to push myself okay you know yeah, yeah, yeah. i yeah. want to do this for you and you're gonna get this okay i will actually yeah. communicate with them and try to okay you know what is it that you need gotcha you know okay. do you do you need us to give you to give you healing yeah. do you do you want to do you want to move on entirely already mm -hmm. you know what is it that you need yeah. and depending what that spirit those spirits mm -hmm. tell me mm -hmm. i would do for them Okay. right now i encourage this to everybody that listens to podcast mm. and for all of us here there is nothing wrong for you taking a candle and light a candle to honor those lives okay. that mm -hmm. actually is good energy positive energy that you yeah. are you are sending them even even though that they're not here and you maybe aren't you don't know exactly what they need but yeah. you are giving them that energy so they can they can they can move positively Okay. forward okay right i would light the candle as well just like that but yeah. then i would also mm -hmm. add um you have a right to be angry but we need to show love to the ones who lost their lives over this okay all right. so not just okay. them it could okay. be just a day that they, we all light a candle for those who've been okay. oppressed or yeah like murdered yeah. like well, murdered that, that, I mean, for no reason to kind of do with or, or back to kind of what you were saying a moment ago to do something to kind of help maybe to empower yeah those souls no. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you know, candle magic is amazing, especially yeah. if it's in a collective. And yeah, and if if for example, if, if that spirit says, "I want revenge," okay, 
Okay, well, let's well, do then, it. Well, then you know, then you, that well, and then you know, <laughs> as a witch who might be in the in the business of doing like a justice working or some sort of revenge working, then you yeah. know, like, oh, I have, I already know, I have a spiritual ally. Yes. Some other influence working yes. with me on this. Okay. Oh right. yes. I think for a situation like this, you you probably would have a lot of allies. <laughs> oh yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, and not only on the black community. Oh no! Oh no! No no! Yeah, yeah. And, and no, when I'm yeah. saying people all over the place, lots of different kinds of people are really pissed off about this. No, I'm not talking yeah. only about the people that are pissed off. I'm talking about also, you know, of, of other type of oppressed spirits. Oh, yeah, okay, gotcha. like oh, working okay. all together okay. for yeah, justice. Gotcha. Okay. It's not only the, okay. you know that the, the black community or or, or, yeah. or, or those spirits because yeah. we, we we all encounter not all of us but. Uh, there's a lot of cultural uh, 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 backlash depending where you're from, yeah. your yeah. color of your skin, what you believe in, yeah. and all that. That is oppression, no matter what. Yeah, true. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. You know, even yeah. even you know, and, and, and even with 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 uh, you know, with indigenous people. Yeah, mm -hmm. those are yeah. great oh, God, allies. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say yeah. Talk about oppressed people. Oh God, yeah. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. I like it. All right. I wonder if a scheme walker would do a number. That would be awesome. Oh, geez. To try. And I'm, I'm mentioning that name with so respect. much respect. <laughs> yes, yes. To all of our our, our local indigenous uh, people who are, you know, affiliated with you know tribes who who have stories of skinwalkers and you know we mean no offense. No offense. Yeah. I'm indigenous, um, and we I in my tribe we have something that is called obey that is very similar to it. Yeah. So I, I I refer to this, you know, I use this name with a lot of respect for the community of the natives, but also with a lot of respect to the spirit. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We don't want any. Don't want to pick any fights there, especially not with a you know a, a skinny nope. Yeah. So yes. It's okay. a new term I've heard. That's I've that's heard that. I, so uh, <laughs> that's uh, something that I've heard some indigenous people say instead of yeah. using the term skinwalker. Yes, yeah, because skinny that... nope. All right. Well, I want to thank all of our listeners for joining us again for another episode of the Salty Witches podcast. Um, we we had some really good content tonight. I think. Thank you so much, Tabitha, for joining us tonight to talk about astrology. Um, I know I definitely enjoyed hearing from you on this, and uh, and Vlad, again, thank you for being a part of our podcast tonight. Yeah, um, a little quiet because I don't know nothing about. This. No, you're well. You're good. Well, no, it's just, it's it's was again like the, I mean, this is like this is the second podcast episode we've had you on, and for you know like last week you were back and you hadn't been on for a while, so it's it's nice to have you here again I learned, tonight. So I learned something. Yeah, right. That's one of the things I think I love most about our podcast is that we all have a chance to kind of visit, but we also like we all kind of teach each other yes. some stuff. I love that. So anyway, thank you so much, um, everybody, for for listening. Um, as always, please uh, check us out on Instagram, and uh, we are also on Facebook. Not that many people are using it anymore, but uh, but we are there. Um, we will um, get this episode posted here within the next uh, day or so, and um, we'll be back next week with another one. Um, if you have any ideas uh, for topics, please contact us and let us know so that we can address those. And if you have any questions on any of the content that we are uh, talking about on any of our episodes, send in those questions. Let us know so that we can uh, help clarify some of maybe what we've, we've been trying to educate people on. Right? Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Bye.